Of course, every journey is different. Obviously, some are long and arduous, some are quick and rewarding, and everything in between. But it's the rhythm of the journey that kind of defines and frames things for us. We look back at that chapter and can recall what that time was really like. But life changes and journeys end. So what do we do when we find that our journey suddenly ends? Just like that, it's over. At our job, at school, relationships, or maybe even a journey that God has led us down. What do we do when things come to an unexpected end? That's today on the podcast. Hey, it's Marisa from the Tower Hill production team. Thank you so much for listening into our Tower Hill podcast. Whenever or wherever you're listening, we hope this podcast blesses you, and we hope that you feel free to share it with someone that you know so that they'll feel blessed too. Hope you are staying cool on your summer journey with us as we continue on the road again, finding God in the unexpected journeys. Today, Pastor Jason explores the very end of the story of Moses to help us understand what we can do when life changes and journeys come to an unexpected end. So let's check it out right now. We're in our summer series called On the Road Again, Finding God in the Unexpected Journey. And if you've been tracking with us, you kind of know we've been talking about this idea of being on the road with God is kind of like the journey of our lives. And often, the most meaningful, significant things that happen to us are the unexpected journeys. And yet, we hate the idea of unexpected journeys because we want to be able to know what's coming. We hate not knowing. It's like our least favorite thing ever. We want to know exactly how everything's going to work out. We have all these expectations of how it's supposed to work out. And then God sets our feet on this unexpected journey that isn't anything what we thought it was going to be. And yet, some of the biggest blessings happen there. But what happens when our journeys, whatever journey we're on... What happens when we get to a point where we've gone as far as we can go, but it's not where we thought we would be? What happens when we get to that place in our journey where it's like, okay, I've gotten this far, and I have some hopes and dreams and aspirations of where I want to see this end up, but the door's slammed right in my face? What does that do? What does that do to our faith when that happens? Because listen, I know that when you turn on Sirius Radio and or you watch any... TV preachers on TV, I would say not any, but a lot of them, they'll make you believe that God just wants you to succeed, climb the mountain, get the bigger house, get the better job. There's no stopping you because you have God. Listen, that wasn't true for Jesus. Why would it be true for us? Sometimes our journey ends in disappointment. And how do I know that? Because I have to imagine Jesus' journey was filled with disappointment. How often do you think he was disappointed with his disciples? I mean, yeah, sometimes it is about taking the mountain. It is about that next big win that God wants you to have. And sometimes God wants you to take you to a certain point, and that's it. The challenge is, how do we deal with that faithfully? Because that's the place where a lot of Christians get stuck and even, I dare say, sometimes leave their faith. It's because they get to a certain point, like, no, whoa, 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 what do you mean the door's closed? There's no way that's true. I didn't get to there. Maybe that was as far as you were supposed to go on that journey. What does that do to our faith? 
It's kind of like when you're playing video games and it comes to an unexpected end. Oregon Trail, anyone? Oregon Trail? No? All right. I dated myself a tad. Right? What happens when you play? You ever watch your kids play video games? Your kids, not you. Your kids or grandkids playing video games. And like the character dies or like you lose in Madden really bad by like one little, you know, last second goal or goal. Touchdown by the computer. And like kids like freak out. They get so mad. They get so angry. I've heard stories of controllers being thrown across rooms, cables being ripped out of walls. TVs being smashed. I mean, listen, I get it. I get the frustration. Sometimes when we get to an unexpected end, we get really, really angry. No, it's not supposed to end this way. At least on a video game, you could restart the thing. But also, I was thinking about kind of like when I was growing up, the big rage when I was 10, 11, 12 years old was choose your own adventure books. Anybody remember these books? Again, dating myself a little bit. Anybody of my generation, you would totally get this. These were awesome. And the thing I loved about Choose Your Own Adventure books was, uh, so it reads like a novel, but you get to a certain point of the story, and then you have a choice to make. So it's like the character, you could go left, you could go right, or you could go straight. And like, if you go left, turn to page 68. If you go to right, turn to page 72, right? And so you turn the page, and your story continues. But every once in a while... You choose poorly, and you die of dysentery, or, you know, whatever. Whatever happens, like, this story ends for you, and it's so maddening. But at least you can go back to that decision point and choose differently. I think there are some principles here that help us frame what to do when our journey ends unexpectedly. Because that's what happens sometimes. Sometimes our journeys end unexpectedly. Sometimes they don't go all the way we think they're gonna go. And I don't mean just like then your life is over. I just think like whatever journey God has you on and however you frame it. If you're like, well, I'm on separate journeys in this area of my life, this area of my life, okay, that's fine. Or like my life as a whole, whatever journey I'm on, it's only supposed to go this far and then God's gonna set my feet on a new journey. Sometimes they end unexpectedly. Over the last couple of months, I noticed something. Um, this is an aside. I noticed that I've been sharing a lot of personal stories from my family. And I want to just say something about that. Because my goal is not that you would know about me or that my stories would entertain you. I had a pretty messed up family that just made great sermon material. I don't... But... What I often tell people is when I'm working on a sermon, I'm preaching it to me first. And so oftentimes I'm thinking about my own experience and my own family as a way of framing what God's trying to tell me. And then I share it with you. And I noticed recently I'm thinking a lot about my family when I was young. And this week I, I'm going to talk a little bit about my birth father who passed away a year ago, March, uh, under circumstances of his own making. Um, we had a very complicated uh, relationship at best. Some of you know what that's like. And, um, but I was thinking about this idea of our journey coming to an unexpected end, and this was true of him. His name was Bill. And uh, in 1987, he was known as Billy Red. Uh, he was in a, an aspiring rock star. He's the one 
with the uh, cutoff shirt and the sunglasses there, holding the Pepsi. I'm sure it was Pepsi. <laughs> um, he, aspiring rock star. And some of my earliest memories that I know shaped me were, you know, I was in, I, in the recording studio with him and his band, and I remember him sitting me on his lap and playing guitar. And then years later, I would pick up a guitar. And, you know, as much as I didn't want to be like him, I found myself making some of those decisions. I ended up in a whole different place. Pastor is about the furthest thing from where he was, but um, it had a big impact on me. So this is him at really the height of his career. He was in California. He traveled around. He was uh, playing in a band called Billy Red. It's his moniker. And uh, they were getting pretty well known. They played a lot. In fact, in 1987, that was the year we moved out east, and he was still in California. I hadn't been seeing him a lot uh, since the divorce happened. But he had reached a moment where he got in his journey to the place of tasting fame and fortune. He got onto a show on MTV. Anyone remember Adam Curry? MTV, VJ, man. That was back when MTV played music videos. That was awesome. So Adam Curry had this show called Smash or Trash. I don't know if anybody remembers this show. And the idea was they would choose, like they would get all these thousands of submissions, and they would choose the best amateur music videos, and if you won, your video stayed in rotation on MTV. Was it going to be a smash, or was it going to be trash? And uh, viewers would call in and say, man, we think it's trash, or you know, whatever, they would call in and decide. My dad got his video on this show for his song called Nighthawks, and it was trashed. I mean, brutally. It was brutally trashed. Here he was, right on the doorstep of fame and fortune, right on the doorstep of his dreams, only to have the door shut soundly in his face. And despite his future attempts, that was the closest he ever got to realizing his dream. And it was a defeat that stuck with him the rest of his life. He was never really the same after that. I think that happens to us. And I think it's especially painful when we think we're following what God wants and it happens. Because then we're throwing God into the equation and we're like, wait a minute, why would you lead me to this kind of disappointment? Why would you bring me so close to my dreams only to slam the door in my face? I remember he was thinking after that happened, you know, what do I do now? And I think that's often the place where we end up. What do I do now? This is like my whole journey. This is it. And then you're telling me it's over. What do I do? What do we do? What happens when our journey comes to an unexpected end? How do we deal with that faithfully? How do we do it in such a way that it doesn't destroy us? Because it could. We could never get over it. Whatever your journey is, you have certain hopes and aspirations for that journey. What happens if God says, nope, that's it. That's, that, was, that was the end of it. Well, thankfully, 
Scripture kind of points the way on this one. Because we can look at other faithful people's lives and see how they handled it. And it helps, gives us, gives us a framework for how to move forward. And, and this was in Moses. So many of you, you know Moses' story. And even if you don't, you know some of it probably. You know there was a burning, burning bush somewhere. You know there was Chuck Heston with the water. I call him Chuck. <laughs> All of his glory, right? Or the Prince of Egypt. Right? You remember that? And the whale. The Red Sea. I don't know if there are whales there, but it was cool. So... All this stuff happens with Moses. Think of Moses' story for a minute. So we know that he was set in a basket on a river. (laughs) He was saved, grew up under Pharaoh's care. We had the burning bush moment, the plagues, the parting of the Red Sea. They miraculously get out to the wilderness, and then he has to deal with all their complaining, which I'm sure was awesome. Again, we, we literally got freed from slavery, and, and everyone was like, the food was so much better back there. So I'm sure that wasn't annoying. And then, and then he keeps going, and then it's 40 years in the wilderness. And then something happens. Let's say he was working on God's mission for 50-ish years. What was the goal? Do you remember? The goal was getting somewhere. Do you remember where? The promised land. And then, towards the end of his life, he makes a blunder. He goes left when he should have went right. His story comes to an end because he disobeyed God. I mean, oh my gosh, decades of faithfulness, and at the very end, he blows it, and he doesn't get to cross into the promised land. Could you imagine what kind of disappointment Moses was dealing with? Talk about coming right up to your dreams and the door slamming in your face. Are you kidding me? This is what we've been working for. And you're saying, I can't go there. What am I supposed to do with that? Disappointed. That's putting it lightly. And then God throws Moses a bone here. This is Deuteronomy 34. Then Moses climbed Mount Nebo from the plains of Moab to the top of Pisgah, across from Jericho. That's actually a picture of Mount Nebo in real life. Uh, It's like over 2,000 feet above sea level. You could see all around. Showed him the whole land from Gilead to Dan. All of Naphtali, the territory of Ephraim and Manasseh, all the land of Judah, as far as the Mediterranean Sea, the Negev, the whole region from the valley of Jericho, the city of Palms, as far as Zoar. Then the Lord said to him, This is the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, when I said, I will give it to your descendants. I have let you see it with your eyes, but you will not cross over into it. Now that crossing over part wasn't news to Moses. What was uh, a treat was that he got to see it. He didn't think he was ever going to get to see it. And the Lord brought him up and said, I'm going to let you see it. I'm going to grant you this. Even though you really kind of fumbled the ball at the finish line, 
you're going to see this land that you've been waiting to see for all these years. Verse 5, And Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in Moab, as the Lord had said. The Israelites grieved for Moses in the plains of Moab thirty days until the time of weeping and mourning was over. Now Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him. So the Israelites listened to him and did what the Lord had commanded Moses. Since then, no prophet has risen in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face, who did all those signs and wonders the Lord sent him to do in Egypt, to Pharaoh and to all his officials and to his whole land. For no one has ever shown the mighty power or performed the awesome deeds that Moses did in the sight of all Israel. So what does this mean for how we handle our disappointment, our sense of defeat, when we reach our promised land and don't get to cross? How do we handle that? How do we faithfully handle the disappointment that comes with the end of the unexpected journey? What do we do? when our journey comes to an unexpected end. Now, I think just like the Choose Your Own Adventure books, I think sometimes it means we need to go back to that point of decision and make a different choice. Sometimes that's possible. Sometimes you could go back and you're like, hey, I zigged when I should have zagged. I had another choice to make. You go back and make a different choice. That does happen. You know, sometimes we're like, you know, I was praying about it and I thought I was supposed to go this way, but I was sort of torn. I didn't know. Although most often, it's usually like, I really wanted to go this way, and I was hoping that was God's way, and it didn't work out. I could go back and make a different decision. Sometimes that happens. What happens when you can't? What happens when it feels like that's the end of that particular journey? Well, I think Moses gives us a little help on how to deal with this faithfully, because this does happen. The first thing is just to acknowledge the disappointment, I think. It's that disappointment is not a sin. It's okay to feel disappointed. It's not okay to let that disappointment crush you. It's not okay to let that disappointment derail your faith. Because that means you're not trusting in God. And that is a sin. That means you're trusting in something else besides God. But disappointment, are you kidding me? That probably defined Jesus' ministry. Disappointment. I think that's, it's kind of acknowledging. It's like, God, I'm really disappointed that I don't get to cross over into the promised land. I'm really disappointed that all this, thing, all this stuff I've been working for has ended here. It's not what I expected. It's not what I wanted. But then hopefully you get to a place where you start thinking, okay, God's bigger than my disappointment. God can see what I can't see. Talk about perspective not just on Mount Nebo, but, you know, maker of the universe, he has a perspective that I simply do not have. He can see the whole land. He can see everything ahead. He reminds me that my story isn't just my story. It's not just I'm the hero of my story and everything has to work out for me. God's the hero of my story and everything needs to work out for God. And sometimes that means that my journey will end before I want it to in a particular area of my life. It's saying, I know, I know it didn't work out, but I trust God that you know what you're doing. You know what only you know. 
You know even that my own flourishing may not happen if I stay on this road. And that's the second point, is to acknowledge maybe you've gone as far as you were ever meant to go. That's a hard one. That's a bitter pill to swallow. But let that pill be coated in trust in God. God, I trust you know what you're doing. Let, let me give you an example. I think back to, to my dad. He became a Christian in the last 10 years of his life. He became a follower of Jesus. I don't know, and this is just speculation, I don't know if he ever would have gotten there had he achieved fame and fortune. It was actually the disappointment that drove him into the arms of God. It was actually his hurt that led to his rescue. I don't know if that would have happened had he gotten everything he wanted. Maybe you're only meant to go so far. Maybe what feels like an incomplete journey to you is a fully complete journey to God. Maybe you had a part to play, a critical part, and now that part has ended and it's time to set your feet on a new journey. I know that's not what we want to hear, and usually, like, if you're combing through social media, you want to land on the stuff that's like, you know, achieve your dreams in five days. Achieve, right? Like, that's the stuff that we want to click on. Well, all right, well, shoot, yeah. Let's do this. I want my dreams. <laughs> but it's not always reality, and I don't want people to think that just because something didn't work out that God wasn't a part of it. Maybe God had a lot to do with it. It was just meant to stop there. Again, that's about trusting that God knows what we need in our journey more than we do. And not for nothing, what about Moses? Moses was well north of 110 years old. Do you think he was about to go conquer the promised land? Like, I'm just like, I get this visual of Moses. Like everyone's, come on Moses, you're killing us. I'll be there in a minute, slow down. 110, you know, come on man. He needed to hand that thing off to Joshua. He needed to hand that off because he was not the one who was going to do it. Yes, God could have done anything. But it seemed like a natural time for a shift in leadership as well. Maybe it's time to let Joshua take them the rest of the way. I think for us, and this is the third thing. Maybe when we get to the end of our journey, we need to focus on what we can still do. Is there a Joshua that we can hand things to? Is there somebody that we can mentor to take what we're doing the rest of the way? Sometimes that's our legacy. Our journey is as much about our legacy as it is about our achievements. And legacies are handed off. Moses laid hands on Joshua, it said, and prepared him for the ministry to come. And in all of this, I never get any sense that Moses is angry. In that whole passage you read, I don't get the sense that Moses is like kicking rocks the whole way up Mount Nebo. Man, stupid, I got to see the promised land. We don't get that at all, right? He seems to finish well. He didn't have to. 
he seemed to finish well. In fact, that little blip in his life was not his legacy. He's talking about Moses. like he's the one who knew God face to face. He's the one. Nobody, no prophet's done miracles like he's done in the face of Pharaoh and all the Israelites. And nobody's been like him. Like that's not his legacy. His legacy is what he did to bring them that far to be handed off to Joshua into the promised land. And then the fourth thing. Maybe finishing well is the last faithful act you have. Maybe finishing well is the most important part of your journey. Maybe it's about saying, okay, yep, I got to this point. Yep, I'm, I'm disappointed. But listen, God, I trust you. And this, we keep coming back to this because this is really what it's about. It's trusting that God knows God knows what we need more than we do. Will we be disappointed sometimes? Yeah. Of course we will. And sometimes we are going to go into the promised land. Sometimes we are going to have that big win or that big success or achievement of dreams. But sometimes we won't. And sometimes that's exactly what's supposed to happen. Don't let disappointment derail you. Don't let it crush your faith. Don't be afraid to say yes to getting back on the road again with God. Amen.